Now listening to Sweet the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Mike, that intro hypes me up. But hey, real quick, um, if anybody Best intro in the bowling podcast game, shout to shout to Jimmy, our guy from the Ringing Ten. Kills me, but if anybody wants to uh, realize where that vision came from, there is a YouTube video out there called um, like 300. It's called like Beast. And like when I'm in the gym, I'll look for like new uh, YouTube intro or music videos to kind of hype me up, you know, to get to the gym. And I saw this YouTube video. It's like six or seven minutes. And it's literally they took this like hype rap song that like obviously we pulled the words out of it. And it's like this rap song and it has all the, like the highlights of like 300 and it, dude, after I watched that video, bro, I want to like run through a wall, like literally. So I'm like, dude, I got to put this in, in that's kind of where the vision is. So if anybody wants to pull it up on YouTube, man, it's a pretty good video if you want to get your ass to the gym. But other than that, man, yo, happy holidays. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's odd for us to take off a week, but I feel like sometimes we, we kind of need it to just regenerate ourselves uh, even, you know, we do this an hour a week still. It's just nice to be able to take a break and, uh, you know, you know, get back to it, uh, especially when it's slow in the bowling world, because it really is slow in the bowling world. Um, but there Not is really, though. I mean, there's a, I, I actually feel like there's a fair amount to talk about this. There week. is. There is. But not like PBA related. I feel like there's <sighs> some, you know, some some sad news we'll talk about in the bowling world. Um, you know, there was some definitely bowling around the country. Um but, you know, hey, I do miss my Thanksgivings at the Super Hoinky. Uh, You know, I know every Thanksgiving episode I probably talk about how we used to spend our Thanksgiving days and nights at Super Hoinky uh, over in uh, Cincinnati. And my dinner was usually Perky's Pizza at the snack bar. Uh, so anyway, Mike, other than that, man, happy Thanksgiving. I know it's uh, over, but I know you probably, you know, had a good dinner. I know how you'd like to do it up. But um we need to talk about last week because you were pissed, right? Tuesday night after you left league, you you texted me and called me. You wanted to do a show. Now you got to tell the to tell the people what happened at league last week. Yeah, because I shot six eighty seven. So after like weeks and weeks of having to come on here and give my bad scores, I finally bowled good. I was like one ninety. I tweeted it out. I was like one ninety two fifty five two forty five. Long pattern. Uh, yeah, I was like hyped to come on here and talk about shooting 687 and how good I bowled. I threw it great. Oh, I did. But then you're like, oh, no, we already said that we weren't going to do a show. So I was, uh, I was, you know, disappointed in that. But I did shoot 687. So we'll leave it at that. And then I followed that up, of course, this week uh, where we're having a show. Pressure's back on me. And uh, I shoot 505. 505 uh on the short i i i have and i'm gonna tell you know i tweeted this out i'll keep it short on this i shot 505 i felt like i could have shot 650 easily 
Now, a lot of that was missed spares. I probably missed 50, 50 pins worth of, 55 pins worth of makeable spares. Uh, but yeah, my, my ball reaction on the short is just really bad. It's really bad. It's like, it's either the ball's too violent off of the pattern or it doesn't hook enough. So I have to find something in between. So I'm probably going to end up drilling one more ball. Uh, you know, some people in the chat, the last time we discussed the short pattern gave me, uh, gave me some suggestions. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'll eventually get it figured out. You know, I don't have too many more shots at it for the first half here. So we'll definitely be going into the second half, but yeah, I just, uh, I definitely don't have confidence in the, in the balls that I'm using, uh, on that short pattern. So I would definitely find something there. We got hammered last night. I did sell two rosin bags. I sold two rosin bags at league. And then the guy who bought the two rosin bags proceeded to kick my ass all night, pretty much. That's, so well, that's what happens when you use that rosin bag. I know, I know, positive and negative, right? Made twenty dollars in rosin bag sales, lost all three games and got hammered with five oh five. So uh, I will, I will actually not be bowling next week, Rob. I will not be bowling next week, so there will be no league update uh, next week. I'm getting a sub. Got some uh, personal commitments that will keep me from bowling league next week. Uh, I don't know about the week after either. I might be out the week after. Holiday season is looking really, really, uh, really busy for me. But I am planning on bowling a couple events coming up. I'm, I'm planning on bowling Greg Tax Grinch event at Lodi Lanes in a couple weeks where he makes them ultra tough. I'm also planning on bowling the New Jersey State Masters at Carolier. Uh, in a couple weeks if if my plans hold up and I can make it to that. So uh, I'm still putting in the work. I still stand by everything I say. I had a conversation with someone in league last night who will, who will remain unnamed, young bowler, former college bowler, uh, really just got out of college bowling not too long ago and was having a conversation with me and basically was like, yeah, like I'll never go back to bowling in-house leagues again. Like if I can't bowl on something like this, then I would just prefer to not bowl league. You know, so – I stand by that. You know, I think it does make me want to get better in practice, et cetera. I've said it all. So, uh, yes, our rosin bags do. Clint Harrison's chat is asking, rosin bags do that? Clint, not all rosin bags, but Lindy's bags, and particularly the sweep the rack version of Lindy's bags, uh, does almost guarantee you. I'm not making a guarantee so no one can sue me, but it almost does guarantee uh, increased scores and better bowling. So if you uh, yeah if you bowl if you bowl on a house shot and you have uh, a high performance bowling ball and you use our rosin bag I could probably guarantee you probably like a five fifty so but you need a high performance ball and you have to bowl on a house shot that's the rules I could probably guarantee you a five fifty all you got to do is just look at look at the third arrow and throw it to the first arrow and then I'm pretty sure you'll probably hit the pocket so. Uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you there, Rob. Uh, yes. So, okay. Dude, uh, see that? Like, look, the otter scores are already coming in though. Well, the, he, Robert Hamilton won a tournament using our rosin bag. So, I mean, look like, um, we will get, we do have all the emails for the people interested in rosin bags. Cause there's actually quite a few. Um, and we will we be getting back to that, you guys. by the way. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for reaching out to us about the rosin bags. So, we hope to have something set up to, to uh, solicit orders online. We don't. So uh, in the next day or two, I'm going to get back to everybody 
who emailed us, and I'll get your information, and we'll figure out a way to get that done. Okay. Yeah, and actually, um, I I actually think it actually is working, but I don't want to get a hundred percent confirmation. Uh, like, but I do have a website, um, that is actually pretty much done. Uh, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited about unveiling the website because I'm going to be able to. We're going to do a lot, and I will probably guarantee you that it is better than the PBA Tour website. I mean, honestly, I could have probably designed developed mine in a week. And it'll probably been better than the PBA website. I was going to say it's not saying much. That's no, a low standard. but you know, hey, I'm I'm no marketing dream team that Coley puts together, Mike. I'm a one man show. So, um, you know, hey, for somebody who has a full time job and did this on the side, I think it turned out pretty okay, to be honest with you. Um, but anyway, uh, Big Mike, we we do have um, a guest coming on for a few minutes because this video um, was pretty incredible. There was a viral video in the bowling world this weekend. It did. And if anybody hasn't seen it, um, I'm excited for you guys to see it because, to be honest with you, I didn't get to see it until I was sent They've to me. Um, well, here's the thing. I took a break from social media. I don't know if you know this or not, but real quick, I decided to get rid of my social media. Um, and I, I didn't delete them. I just pretty much got rid of them off of my phone. So I kind of felt like I was spending way too much time on my social media during the day. So I decided to clean house. So I'm not getting any sports news, any bowling news during the day. And I literally like took a half. I'm taking a half hour every night to go through my social media. So I'm not up to the day. I'm not up to par on things that are going on right now in the community. So anyway, so um, I'm going to bring on Pete, Pete Ferraro, who's a friend of mine, uh, who's a great bowler in his own right. And uh, I'm pretty sure, and I like to talk to him about it. We'll bring him on about it. I believe he was running the tournament that Jason hit. Uh, and we'll get into a little bit of history of, of, of the video before we show it. But I'm going to bring Pete on. Pete, how are you doing, Pete? Welcome. Hey, to hey Rob. How you doing, buddy? Doing hey, well. Welcome. Thank you. I got to say, Pete, don't know you, never met you, but uh, name Pete Ferraro and looking like you. You look like somebody that Rob would know. <laughs> you do like if i if if i drew a police sketch of somebody that rob knows it would probably look like you no offense i say that i say that in the best way possible of course absolutely no doubt welcome welcome <laughs> he, to sweep the rat he, he, he's trying to say that you look like someone who might or might not be in the mafia uh, <laughs> that's not that's not what i was saying at all i was implying that he he automatically comes off as a as a brooklyn character yeah. That's it, you know, New York roots through okay. and through. Okay, Dude, that's that's how it goes, you know. We're not, you know, we're not, uh, you know, we're we're not quite to Philly, you know what I mean? But you know, <laughs> we, we do our we do our best in New York. Which, exactly. by the way, the the Eagles are playing the Jets this weekend, so we they might are. have to make a little bit of a small time wager. bet on that. Of yeah, course, I'm definitely taking the points, though, Pete. I'm taking the points. You have to, you know, <laughs> I'm taking the points. <laughs> Anyway, Pete, before we get into this Jason Couch video, which was pretty incredible, actually, because you don't see that every day at a tournament, give us a little bit of history. I know I think you're trying to set something up similar to World Team Challenge. If you want to give yeah. us, you know, just a little bit of background um, here. Yeah, so I came up with this idea a couple years ago, you know, because, you know, back then the World Team Challenge was the best team tournament ever, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I miss those days. We had some great times, great matches. It was just unbelievable. And we need that in, uh, in bowling. It's, I was so sad when it went away. And so I came up with this idea, you know, trying to figure something out 
And to try to make it kind of fair so, you know, we don't stack the teams and, you know, lose it again. So I came up with this idea, five-man team, but you have to have a woman and a senior on the team. One woman, one senior, like and three open. So went with that idea, and honestly, everybody loved it. Um, and then what we do was um, it's a two-day tournament. I do five team games on Saturday, and then we come back and do 18 Baker games on Sunday. All right? Um, and then the point system is you're bowling everybody every game. And we rank it. So we had 24 teams. So each game's 24 to 1 if you're the top team and going down. And then Sunday for Baker, it's every two games we rank the points. And it really moves the standings. And every team, you know, you have some of the lower teams that are bowling good. It affects the standings. So nobody's really out of it. And some of the lower teams that are out actually make a difference in the points, which actually happened this weekend, which is really good. Um, so so Pete, I'm just trying to get it to grow. It's starting to grow. What's the – um? because I you sent me an email and you sent us an email of the pattern. And this pattern looks – it looks tough. Now, I'm not an expert on patterns. Um, I know a little bit to make me dangerous, but they look flat. Uh, how long is this pattern? It was, it, it was 46 feet, 30.45 mils. Uh, basically played like two and a half to one. Um, and I had my buddy JJ make the pattern. John Janowitz, who works for Kegel. Since he wasn't going to bowl it this year, I asked him to make the pattern. He knows the center through and through. So... He knows that the heads are going to really fry up really quick. And we can't put a short pattern or medium. It's got to be long. Um, and we tried to take urethane out of it. And it oh, did. Wow. It, it worked that out of it. Yes. Look at that. See, Big Mike, this is the future of patterns now is like the people that are running the tournaments are going, please take urethane out of play. Like this is where <laughs> we're going. This is 2021. This is this is what the, the future of bowling is going to look like where people are like, we don't want urethane playing. Um, and no. why is that, Pete? I mean, why why take urethane out of play? Like, what is the reasoning behind that? You know, um, because right now, as you can see, really on the Pro Tour, you can throw urethane in any pattern you want. These guys are that good, and they're just going to take it and just go with it. And just you're going to have those guys there every time, um, especially the lefties. You know, you put a purple in their hand, they're they're unbeatable half, 99% of the time. Plain it's true. It's hundred percent. So, and I, I like that idea. I know Mike likes that idea. Tough pattern. Uh, probably, I'm, 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 I'm going to assume a lot of side action. I'm yes, do a lot of side action on Saturday um, because we do a singles event for women, senior, and the open. Um, you're talking high game pots, brackets, eliminator. You know, you name it, you got it. Uh, next year, we're going to throw in a cow cutter to even draw big, the more bigger names. Hopefully, they'll come down and travel. Um, and yeah, and then Sunday is like all Baker. It moved really quick. Everybody loves the Baker games because it moves quicker. Um, and then they can get out of here and travel back to where they're going back to. Cool. This is awesome. So, um, we're gonna get into can I, can I interject? Yeah, yeah. Can sure, I interject sure. for a minute? Go ahead, Mike. So, first, I want to interject about the your thing conversation, right? Pete, you, you made a comment saying, well, you know, on the PBA tour, those guys are so good that they could use it no matter what. I don't know. I question that a little bit. Are they that good, or or is it that there's not enough there's not enough difference in the PBA patterns that stops that from being a regular occurrence that we see? I, I agree. I think that if they really wanted to um, take some time and make some patterns to eliminate it, they could. 
It was shown this I mean, weekend. No offense. That's what I was going to say. If you could do it, why aren't they doing it? I mean, like, if, if, that, if that's a possibility they don't want with to you do working, they don't want working to do with John Shadowitz and Cagle, well, okay, I mean, speculation, speculation, Rob. We love speculation. Speculate. It's simple. Okay, yeah, so that I mean, was that was my first comment. My second question was, where was this? Where is this event taking place? This 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 was uh, in Deland, Florida. Uh, okay. Scotty Newell, uh, it's his bowling center. Okay. Um, like I said, it's an older older surface, older you know. Um, oh, if Scotty Newell runs the center, then you must need a high rev rate to like win in that, in that building. <laughs> you know, you got. <laughs> Because <laughs> he could, he he's got some power, man. That kid could throw. I mean, yeah, he, he could throw, but he, you know, he doesn't bowl. You know, he doesn't bowl it in his center. You know, he put on he, sure. He and his staff put on a great, a great, great host. Um, and everything was good. It's just you know, it's a little tight center. You know, it's a small one, and uh, but it is yeah. uh, good. I'm good. I'm glad you brought that comment up, Rob. I swear, when you brought it up, I was just getting ready to click on it myself. Yeah, I mean. Uh, Jeremy Mooney Florida in the chat guys. says, Florida says your, your, your team tournament is the next big thing for sure. Draws a great crowd every year. And obviously 120 entries, you were saying, because there were tw- you know 20 teams. Were, or, or, 20 yeah, teams. Yeah, with five people, right? So yeah. that's a great turnout. Uh, I was just watching a clip of the World Team Challenge the other day, and, and Pete, I agree 100%, man. That, that event was just awesome. It was an awesome event. The, and, and, and bowling needs team bowling. It needs something like that. The other question I wanted to ask you, you seem to be a very knowledgeable bowler and a fan of bowling yourself. Have you followed the PBA and what they've done with the PBA league over the last few years? Yes, I have. Um, All right. So what are your thoughts there? I mean, in terms of their efforts to get this same, uh, this same kind of idea or team element going at the, in the professional ranks of bowling. You know, um, I, I like the idea that they went to the team because, you know, team is the way to go. I just think there's so much more ways they can advance it. You know, I understand, you know, they put it in the one spot and they try to save travel and all that. But I honestly think that if you can make it, if you can make it where they're traveling to different cities, to actually get a home crowd for each one. Um, you can now you're selling merchandise and, you know, you could do so many different ways to go, you know, even Orlando, New York, Philly, you know, whatever, and have a home crowd. You know, you want that home. You want to feel like it's a home game, like in baseball or, or football or something. And they just don't do enough with it. And um, I really think they should – they're limiting themselves. I see they're trying to get the women in there, which is fine. But there's plenty of other amateurs that can build teams and battle these guys. So let me, you know, you can have best one of the five best amateurs in the world, eight best amateurs in the world to come and build a team. Um, I think they're limiting it. I think they could expand it more. Um, that's why I think the World Team Challenge is the best thing around. I think they need to open yeah, it up. Yeah. Don't limit it to those bowlers. And I get, you know, they're trying to keep it in that little circle, but they need to open it up. They, they can draw so much more. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe, I maybe your, no, maybe your event. Look, look, we've seen this happen before. Like the, the. Um, Striking for breast cancer event, you know, started yes. in a similar fashion, and now it's a PBA title and it's a recognized event, and it's something that all and every top player goes to, male and female. So, you know, perhaps, perhaps, uh, you know, as somebody alluded to in the chat, maybe, maybe, we'll, I would love to see similar development like something with your event. And I invite you to uh, to reach out to me. You want to come up to Jersey and run one of these, bro? Absolutely. Come up, come up to yeah. Jersey, bro. I think honestly, we. 
We had somebody run something similar a couple years back, and it was it was well attended, a little bit different. But I think the idea with the twist that you have on it, I, I do think that uh, yeah, you could definitely you could definitely have a lot of people interested. Yeah. So we we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that. Uh, Rob, let's get to the viral story. Yeah, so I'm gonna pull. Oh wait, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it here. I want to give some. Oh jeez, Rob, you just, you just, you just buried the headline, bro. You just totally. <laughs> Everyone knows what's there, gonna bro. happen. Everyone knows what's gonna happen here. So Pete, tell us uh, the situation. Um, and All right, this so is obviously PBA Hall of Famer. Yeah, PBA Hall of Famer Jason Cow. So basically, um, the top four made made the finals. You know, um, we actually had a roll off for fourth. Uh, it's two game total pin four Baker matches. Um, and in the roll off, um, John Huff's team, uh, like Chris Polizzi, Anthony Caso, Taylor Boltice, um, Christian Escone actually came up in the 10th frame and needed a double rank of 10 pin. So now we went over to the other matches and couches is, is bowling and <clears throat> they're both against Don Yoshihara, Jason Zook. Um, and he needed a spare and seven pins to win the match. And he goes and friggin' blows out a 710. All of a sudden, the place got quiet like usual. And let's roll it. Let's roll it. So he, spare, he needs this he needs a spare and seven. seven here. This is Jason Couch's finest right here. This is just awesome to watch. All right, be quiet. I gotta get some commentary. That's how we roll. That's what it's That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Dude, and how awesome is that? I'm going to play one more time. It's on delay, the audio, the video. Yeah, the audio is a little bit on delay. Yeah, I got to watch it one more time because this is just incredible. <laughs> so sick. His reaction is makes the whole video. So sick. Oh yeah. And no, then, but it's, a, it it shows it shows every it shows everything it shows why everything Pete was saying before is true. Yeah, because it's it team does. event. Yeah, it's like it reminds you of college bowling. Yeah, you know, and, every, it, like, you know. and let me tell makes, you, you know, the talent pool in this in this in the tournament we had. So besides Jason, you know, Walter Ray bowled, Amaletto bowled, um. Then uh, we had Gary Faulkner up in Delaware area. That way he, sure. he actually lives in the villages now. He bowled. Uh, Mike Moore, another young talent from down here. You sure. know. So you got a lot of strong. I mean, the field sounds really. The field I mean, was really, really solid. It, it's growing. And just to get, you know, it's just the talent pool is just unbelievable. And everybody loved the hard shot. And um, it was really, really good. Bracket actions, plentiful, scores of loads, tough shot, team, team atmosphere. It, it all adds up to, you know, a, a successful event, especially if you have somebody like yourself who bowls themselves running the tournament. And, uh, you know, and you could just build on it all, all, yeah. every year. So, Pete, let's uh, let's talk future. Um, how do people, um, if they're interested in coming down to Florida, reach out to you to maybe want to bowl next year? Yeah, what's your how, how many teams max are you probably looking at or, or well so. in this center we're maxed at 28 but um this other centers that are around if we're really gonna grow um there's a center in in Orlando boardwalk bowl uh Kendra sure. Kendra actually runs it and that's an 80 lane center if I ever really wanted to go that way I can 
Um, but you can reach out to me on Facebook, um, email. Um, I'm always around, you know, it's, it's out there. Um, plus, you know, you know, we know bowlers all over the country. So um, I'm getting the way it exploded this weekend. I've been getting text messages, messages, DMs, everything about this tournament because it it went off as soon as I wasn't even out of the center yet. And I'm already getting messages from the live feed that we had on the uh, on Facebook. So Scott Fairley's uh, PBA needs to take your blueprint for the PBA league. That would be awesome for its league, a woman and a senior on each team. Mike, I, I like the idea, especially about a senior. Imagine everyone having have to have a PBA fifty player on, on the league. You know, yeah, I one. already I already made that suggestion in terms of the women, right? Yeah, I think we had already awesome. discussed that. But yeah, I like I like that idea too. So, I, I listen. You know, do you familiar with Dougie Vision, Pete? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so like you know, he's he's done his thing and spread around. Here's what I want to happen. I want people to reach out to Pete and say, Pete, come out to where we're at. We'll guarantee you the entries, the action, et cetera, so you can make what you need to make to make it worth your time and come out and run one of these events in our area. In 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 my in Jersey, I could picture a Dougie Vision slash team challenge event going down in the Jersey area. That would be uh yeah. that would be a great weekend. So yeah, man, listen, uh great job and uh you know, continue to do your thing. We'll we'll do our best here to try and spread the word around as well. I appreciate yeah. it, Mike. I appreciate Pete, it. Next, Pete, next year, uh, and, and like reach out to me prior to the tournament, and we'll have you on for a few minutes, and we'll spread the word and see if okay. we can get your tournament filled up for you. No, awesome. we should go. We should go. We should bowl. We should yeah. put a sweep the rack on, team Rob. in, son. Hey, Rob, hey, besides, bowl, hey, besides bowling the one tournament you do every year, the TAT, you know, come bowl the team tournament. <laughs> I don't know. I have two brothers that are pretty good bowlers that live down there. So that's uh, what I'm saying. We got four fifths of a sweep the rack team already. We're good. Well, no, hold on. We'd have to. We'd have to get a female and a senior. So somebody would have to. You know what? Rob will take the L. Rob will take the L and sit out on the team. Okay, (laughs) you can be the coach. An advisor, and we'll all bowl as the sweep the rack team. How's that? Hey, maybe I'll reach out to Jason Couch. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll reach out to some of the players I know in Florida. Andres Gomez, dude. I got the oh, one. Wait a second. Hey, Andres are you... Gomez bold. Andres Gomez okay. bold. Are you, are you challenging me to put your own team together? Dude, you Is don't that what you're doing here? Because I will. I'll put my – you think you know people in Florida? I know people in Florida too, son. I'll put my own team together. Go ahead. Talk well, that. Talk if, that if smack. You... If you if you bowl you bowl in your your short your short pattern league, the, the, your team ain't gonna have a chance, dude. <laughs> Why well, I go five on five? If I go sub, if I fly to Florida and go sub five hundred, oh, I'm leaving my shit there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it all the I'll bring it all the big hitters. Yeah, you know, we'll throw it in Lake Jessup. You know, we don't have the bridges up north that we used to be able to throw them over. Okay, no doubt. <laughs> all right, Pete. Uh, it was Pete, fun. It was fun it. having you, man. Continue to do your thing. We'll spread the word as well. All right. Thanks, Mike. All Thanks right. for Thanks, all. Pete. Appreciate yeah, no doubt. But ah, you want you want to go toe to toe with me, but you 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 don't need. I'll dude. put. Listen, you want to do two teams? I'll put two. Te- I'll put my own team together. You, you can do whatever you want. Do you don't even bowl, son. I might shoot. I might shoot five five. You don't even bowl. I'll manage the team. I'll be a manager like the PBA league. I'll just sit I'm there the, with a I'm the goat of high school coaching out here. You want to talk <laughs> about managing? You want to talk about coaching? All right. We got the uh, Anyway, so Mike, let me um say first off, Pete needs to Pete needs to have a lot of kudos in his area to like we need more people to do what he's doing, right? Like starting 
tournaments like this all across the country, bring back competitive bowling, right? Like it, it starts with the bowlers, right? Like what you're doing, right, it, it is huge, right? Even if it's only a few people showing up, right, Friday nights, um, you know, like putting out patterns, like it starts small and it builds, it builds large, right? And that's where I think a lot of people, especially in the well-populated areas, like Florida, like California, Chicago, New York, East Coast, uh, Texas, right? Those are areas that I know have a lot of bowlers, a lot of great bowlers in their own right. Um, and if people were running tournaments like this, it's 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 it'll be a success. Trust me. As long as the payout's good, the money's worth their people's time to travel, they'll go. Um, people would travel all over the country for those world team challenges because there was hundreds of brackets, and they they didn't limit you. You know, they didn't do all the shit that the high rollers were doing back at the last end of the high roller where they would only limit you in 10 or 20 brackets. And, you know, they were, you know, they they they, they started to kind of fold into these big hitters making too much money in brackets. But, dude, in the heyday of the high rollers and the mini eliminators, they didn't cap out brackets. They didn't do any of that stuff. And I feel like like that's where, you know, I would love to see bowling get back to at least at an amateur level. But. You know, I, you know, so we'll see. But man, good, you know, good job for Pete, man. Uh, we'll 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 follow his tournament along, and hopefully, you know, he can bring it to Boardwalk and have. Could you imagine one squad of like seventy six lanes, a five on a lane? That would be like the craziest. You know, could you imagine the bracket action and seventy six teams bowling at one time, Mike? Be sick. Oh my goodness, there'd be thousands of brackets. People would be leaving there with like boatloads of money. Could. I mean, like suitcases. You need like a security guard leaving there if you had a good, if you shot 700 on that pattern. Anyway, Mike, let's transition because that 710 of Jason Couch um, brought back a memory to me. Um, and uh, we really need to talk about uh, one of the all time greats who passed away recently, uh, Mark Roth. Um, obviously, our thoughts and condolences go out to the Roth family as well as the bowling world, Mike. It's a big loss for everybody in bowling. Um, I grew up watching Mark Roth on ABC, Why World of Sports, right? Every Saturday afternoon when Mark Roth was on TV, it was must-watch TV, okay? Because of his style, of how he threw the ball, his um, charisma, right? He was, you know, and when he used to go to battle with Marshall Holman, like those were some of the, like, the greatest telecasts uh, and as well as his style of bowling, Mike, was just incredible. He's also a Brooklyn guy, Mike. Like Mark Roth was born and raised in Brooklyn, so he hits home with me, a lot of roots there. Uh, you know, he owned the bowling alley, was partners in Rainbow Lanes that I grew up real close to before I closed down. So, yeah, um, I, I want to talk Mark Roth, okay, because this guy is – he's a legend. There's And he is a GOAT, okay? There's no doubt about it. Um, so, Mike, what's your biggest – what's your, like, all-time favorite memories of Mark Roth? Because I have a few – uh, and and I definitely want to bring up the seven ten split. I think that's worth watching, you know, um, because I feel like that is something that you know was at that time, Mike. Right? That was that was never really s- seen before on TV. I think maybe the maybe was that the first televised seven ten. Yeah, that was the first time it was made on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me see if I could pull this up here. Um, Hopefully the audio works. I doubt it will because I could never get this stupid audio to work. Um, is that? Uh, let me play it here. I don't know if the audio is going to be working, but it is. Is it working? Yeah. And he leaves the crowd buzzing. A good shot, apparently a good shot, hitting very light, 
Roth ripped the five pin. It went behind the seven. The normal pin action on that hit, the five pin goes over, takes out the seven. The six came around and hits the ten, but neither one of them. He didn't even take a second, Mike. He's going to go for one. Dude. Does that ever get old? My favorite part of that video is the guy in the green sweater with the sunglasses on inside. I just think that's so that's so classic. We've seen 300 games. We've seen everything. What a turnaround. In 19 years of being on television, here we have it. The one, the only. Never before done on television. Watch Roth. Kicks the 10 pin out of the back in a crucial situation. Watch this out of the pit. There it goes. Look at that. There, the crowd's even hype a second time around. Um, yeah, so I mean, you, you asked me uh, about my own, you know, impressions. Um, I, I'll be honest. Like, I don't remember watching Mark Roth even on TV a lot. And I think that's because his runs in the PBA were really before my time. They were before I, I was I was born. He won most of his titles in the 70s. You know, uh, then he went a long stretch in his career without even making a show for a while. All right. And, and you kind of fast forward to 1995 where he wins the IOF Fosters Open as his as his last title. I remember that. I remember that he was bowling in a PA regional in South Jersey that Bill and Joe and I, when we heard he was bowling, we were like, we're going to this regional. We're driving to this regional to go watch Mark Roth. And I got into my first car accident ever on the way to watch him. We never even made it. We never even made it there because I rear-ended somebody on the way there. So uh, that's definitely a memory. And uh, I also, this is just the strangest thing, Rob. My 21st birthday, I'm out to dinner. I'm at, Pause that for a second. I'm out to dinner. I'm going to put it on while you okay, tell the story. Okay, I got you. I'm, I'm out to dinner with my parents, and a guy walks in an Outback. We're at Outback Steakhouse, and a guy walks into Outback Steakhouse named John Zulikowski. If you're from the Philadelphia area, you probably know who he is. And who did he have with him? Mark Roth was with him. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Mark Roth is here right now. This is wild. And John Zulikowski knew me. He comes up. He walks over. They both walk over. John's like, oh, hey, Mike, how's it going? I said, oh, I'm actually here for my 21st birthday. You know, my parents. And don't you know they bought me a beer? So I, I actually had a beer bought for me on my 21st birthday by Mark Roth. That's a true story. Uh, so in, in terms of the bowling stuff, yeah, like I think it's kind of overstated how much, uh, uh, you know, how he, like, he was Belmo before Belmo. No, like, he he revolutionized the game the way Belmo did before Belmo did, right? And I, I think that pretty, that pretty plainly states it. The last thing I want to comment on on this is this New York Times obituary that was published that Tom Clark sent out today and the PBA sent out today. Can I just read this paragraph? Sure. Roth was known for being shy and quiet. But in 1978, Sports Illustrated was on hand to observe his eccentric morning hotel room ritual before he headed out to a tournament. He would shriek, pound his fist on the bed, stomp his feet, slam, stomp his feet, repeat the word FERP over and over, and slam a pillow against the wall, letting its feathers fly. 
I do it because it makes me feel better and it helps my bowling, he said. It took a while before I tried my routine on the tour. Since I started it, I've bowled better. So, number one, uh, before I go bowl, the next time I go bowl league, I'm going <laughs> to just do that. I'm following yeah. that. And I think that we, as the bowling community, we need to recognize the word FERP. Whatever this is, I mean, he was yelling it over and over again before he would bowl in his dominant uh, run on the PBA Tour. FERP, F-I-R-P. Uh, I saw FEF hashtag it before. I want to use it like this. I want FERP to become the new, like, when you're in the zone. Hmm. Like, like you could use it in several ways. Like, oh, I was FERPing. I was FERPing tonight. You know, meaning like, oh, I was in the zone. I was throwing it really good. I was, I was mentally there. Or like, you know, I really got my FERP on. You know, I, I could, I could see people using it in that way too. So. The ringing yes. ten saying Jimmy saying it was Joe Furpo he actually yelled. What is this? Is this I, uh, Jimmy? Am I to take you seriously here? Am I? To, how do you know this? That the New York Times heard it wrong. Dude, Jimmy knows more than anybody. <laughs> it seems to be. <laughs> Where is Jimmy getting this information <laughs> from? So let me let me say something about uh, Mark Roth because uh, there's a few things that are synonymous with Mark Roth, at least in my opinion. Right? One. It, um. His old ball driller was Bob Simonelli Sr. Okay, that was out of Rainbow Lanes. Bob Simonelli Sr. used to drill up his balls when he was on tour back, you know, in the 70s and actually ship out his balls to him because Bob Simonelli Sr. was one of the only people who could get his thumb right. Now, I don't know if you knew this about Mark Roth, but his thumb back in the 70s was the first bowler's thumb that I ever saw that actually probably almost made me want to vomit because it was, I mean, he squeezed the bejesus out of the ball and his thumb was super like calloused and large. And I mean, it was pretty, pretty gross. But, you know, Mark Roth was very picky, obviously, with the way he his ball fit. So he had Bob Simonelli Sr., uh, you know, drill his balls and send it to him. So I get a chance to see one of his balls and how his thumb was. And I was just like, holy crap. Like, and as a 15, 16 year old, you know, that kind of remember that. I also believe he was synonymous with the, the black rhino. Okay. Whenever I thought of black rhino, the Brunswick black rhino with the orange writing, I thought of Mark Roth. And I would have loved to known how many titles Mark Roth won with that black rhino, because I feel like that was like kind of like the Mark Roth ball. The rhino should have been probably named the Mark Roth rhino. Because, I, I mean, for some reason, ever, till this day, if I ever see an old ad on, like, one of those vintage Facebook, you know, groups, I, 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 feel, I think Mark Roth. The other, obviously, was the 710 that he made, right? Um, but also the, the fact that he actually could hook outhook anybody with, with the back, with, with the urethane ball. Um, when he was bowling in a land, like you said, like Belmo, like today, like kind of revolutionized, he was able to outhook everybody with the urethane ball um, and it was just incredible to watch. And you wanted to throw the ball. Like you wanted to hook the ball like that when you were a kid watching Mark Roth. So, um, you know, like it's just, you know, a sad day really in the bowling world. Uh, and man, I can't tell you how many times, like I, I, I would like run home from Saturday morning league to, to, to catch Mark Roth bowling on the ABC Y world of sports because you wanted to watch him and you wanted to watch the way he threw the ball. And 
it, it, it's just, you know, was awesome to uh, be able to grow up watching him, honestly. No doubt. Well said. I, I, you know, the question I have is, as I said before, he, he won a lot in the 70s, right? And then he had a long break in between yeah. wins. Am I am I speculating too much by saying that the advent of resin on the scene probably contributed to that? Because previous to that, he he was considered to be, you know, the dominant power player or, or amongst the most dominant power players. Then resin comes out, and you know maybe some of that advantage oh. was taken away. I mean, there's so many bowlers that were back in the '70s and '80s that had a, a you know threw the ball like. I mean, I'm talking more 80s now, like Mark Roth, that resin completely hurt, and also vice versa. Like, and I, Walter Ray was was one of the people who it, it it was an advantage for him when resin came out, right? Like Walter Ray was always accurate, but now all of a sudden Walter Ray his power increased because of the resin, and he was able to combine his accuracy with the power of resin, right? Rudy Revs, on the other hand, was somebody that had hurt, right? Because Rudy Revs was a guy who could outhook anybody with a urethane ball. And I guarantee you, if urethane would have stayed a longer in years and years, Mark Roth, uh, I'm talking Rudy Revs, probably would have had multiple PBA titles. Somebody like Tim Mack, Mike, I kind of feel like resin hurt. I feel like if urethane was still in play, Tim Mack would have multiple titles right on the national tour because of how much he was able to hook the ball before two-handers right yeah in the chat we have chris lutz what's up chris saying roth dominated plastic you were thinking even things up and others could hook it that's that's a really fair point yeah i i, I hear we're coming from there uh fef in the chat what up fef uh okay. hitting us up saying will, will anyone ever win eight tour titles in a season that's an easy answer no no because he won eight titles when they were bowling 30 plus events and there's just not going to be that kind of schedule ever again to win that many titles i don't think anyway rob yeah i mean you'd have to start increasing the type of tournaments by the way mike i love the fact that we're watching old bowling videos while we're doing this podcast of mark roth i think that's <laughs> you know a, a, an awesome tribute to one of the greatest of all time and uh, i don't know ricky sajak but man like you know he definitely uh, had the bowling look that's for sure um, but uh, yeah, that it have to be more title. It have to be more tournaments. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, there'd have to be like a twenty-five or thirty tour stop, like you said, a year. Uh, and then, yes, I think we would see it. I think we could see someone like a Kyle Troop, an Anthony Simonson, even a Belmo, uh, probably win. You know, ten, twelve titles in a year if there was twenty-five, thirty all year. But um, you know, at this point, I don't think we will see it ever happen unless they increase the. Uh, is is Mark Roth? Is he using a black rhino here in this show? Do you know? I'm trying to. Find, I'm trying to. It I has to be right. I'm just. I, it just amazes me that like this is what was considered a lot of hook at one time, and now like oh, today, it's like oh my goodness, you know. Dude, I love Marshall's mustache. I swear to you, I think that's one of the best. Um. So anyway, so yeah, uh, I is it, do people see everybody in our chat? Is it, he's a so Florida bowler, Ricky Sajak or Sajak? I want to see him throw it, man. Uh, and see, <laughs> we're going deep on sweep the rack here tonight. Yeah, I guess Mark is throwing a black hammer. So you know, I guess uh, my point about him throwing a black rhino all the time is uh, he throws it pretty good. Yeah, but that was like vintage PBA Tour eighties, yeah. right? Like that was straight accurate, right? Like form, like 
today's game is so much different and and how different the styles are and uh anyway um all right mike i think we're gonna stop sharing uh the video here and let's let's kind of move on but yeah um you know big loss for the bowling community so our thoughts and prayers again condolences go out to the Roth family and yeah you know, legend, I, I, you know? I wish i wish we would have had a chance to interview him mike yeah it would have been cool um, uh there was just, also another loss in the bowling community this week rob uh obviously you know not 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 with the same reverberations as a as a mark roth uh but tita Semes. Uh, from New Jersey, actually, uh, where I'm at. And uh, his son, I actually know his son, Tommy, uh, actually subbed for Tita a few times when I first moved up here uh, with on Tommy's team. Uh, and Tommy Semez, if you're from the East Coast or sure. you bowl, you know that he uh, he's the creator of the World Match Games and the uh, person who's run the New Year's Day Marathon for quite a long time now. So uh, another loss to the bowling community, another you know legendary guy in New Jersey for sure. Uh, so condolences to the Semez family as well. And, uh, on the passing of Tita Semez, you know, another, he, he, uh, a guy who would hang out at the high school league to help, help a lot of the high school kids out, uh, around Carolier when, uh, when Tommy had a shop there, uh, back, back when. So, uh, again, condolences to, uh, both those families and, uh, Rob, you know, Mark off, man, legend, you know, legends, legends never really die. So. Yeah. He'll go down in bowling. Bowling history is one of the best and. Uh, you know, Belmo had an actually really good post about how he revolutionized the game, and I agree completely with Belmo's, uh, you know, sentiments on Mark Roth. So, you know, sucks, um, you know, and definitely the bowling world will miss him. And, yeah, I mean, we'll just keep keep continue honoring his tradition by watching old bowling videos of him on YouTube. I mean, honestly, and seeing how great he was. So I, I know you love – I know you love going down that YouTube – Old bowling YouTube wormhole. Uh, uh, as soon as listen, as soon as I heard about his passing, I brought up that 1995 IOF Foster show. Great show, great show. Voss is on it. Walter Ray's on it. You see Mark Roth versus Walter Ray. Mark Roth versus Voss. I mean, this is classic shit. So yeah, I love it. You know, you're you're talking to somebody who used to trade bowling tapes with people back in the day. So uh, yeah, you know, I, I I definitely have an appreciation for that as well. Uh, all right, Rob. What 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 direction you want to go in here? Can I can I can I do my high school bowling story yeah, before you, worst of the week? Yeah, we got a little bit of time, you know. So go for it, man. Because you, you said I'm going to really love the story, so I haven't heard it yet. So uh, you know, I apologize I, for I all think, the fans. I think you're going to love the story. Good, yeah. I think I think you'll have. I don't know. You're not going to love it. I think you you may have a strong reaction to it. So oh, oh okay. The high school league that I used to coach in. Okay. Uh, it's the Greater Middlesex Conference in New Jersey. Uh, if anybody cares to reach out to them after you hear this nonsense, okay? <laughs> Greater Middlesex Conference, New Jersey. Oh, I can't wait. Starting uh, a story like that makes you really want to hear it. Oh, wait till you hear. So I got word through uh, somebody who who still coaches in in this league, in this high school league, last night that. The majority, the vast majority of coaches in this particular high school bowling league have decided, Rob, that due to COVID, okay, they are going to hold the high school bowling season, quote unquote, virtually. So what this means, what this means oh is God. that <laughs> is that every every high school team in this conference, and I, I gotta say this. This is arguably, very arguably, the best high school bowling conference in New Jersey. 
And let me tell you something. New Jersey has some of the best high school bowling teams out there. So I, I would venture to say that this is probably historically one of the best high school bowling conferences in high school bowling period. Okay. What they're going to do. No, no, it's not that bad. Not Weba high school bowling. Here's what they're going to do though. Every team is going to be assigned a house that they bowl in that's geographically closest to them. Regardless of who you are bowling, you show up to your house where you bowl and bowl your matches with, with just your team on your pair, and the team you're bowling against is bowling in another house. Oh, my God. And you compare the scores. No, you can't do that. Oh, yes, this no. is what they're doing. Not, not only that. Hold on. Not only that. Even if both teams are assigned to the same bowling center. So let's say my team and your team both bowl at Carroll Ear, right? And we have a match on a Tuesday. We still don't bowl on the same pairs against each other. You bowl on your pairs. We bowl on our pairs. We compare the scores when we're done. And they're using COVID as an excuse to do this. Rob, there's other sports in New Jersey wrestling's going on, basketball's going on, like physical contact. There's, there's, you know, uh, fans at these events and stuff. I mean, Mike, I was just at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey two weeks ago, and the place was packed. Was right. Packed. I mean, can you even believe this, yo? I mean, it was mostly Bills fans, but it was still packed. I mean, it was like 75. It was like it must have been at least 30,000 <laughs> yeah. people. Yo, our fans, are the our people are the best. Jimmy said. The global uh, high school bowling show. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's great. That Wait, is so, great. I love it. Dude, this first off, this this is this proves how clueless the people that are running the show uh, in New Jersey, the bowling. Like, you weren't kidding, right? These people that are running the show there have no idea about bowling. Okay, because if they were to do this in Brooklyn when I was in high school and I was, let's just say my home center was Maple Lanes, which was a high scoring house and poor Tilden High School was at a diplomat. And if anybody ever bowled a diplomat bowl, it was in like the dungeon in Flatbush Avenue, Brooklyn. Sounds, okay. sounds tough. Just the name Diplomat. Oh, oh dude, you have tough. no idea. You have no idea how tough they were. Oh, like, I have an idea. I, have, I, I, oh. We bowled at St. Monica's in Philly, in the Philly yeah. Catholic League. St. Monica's was in a church basement, okay? So oh. I, I have a little yeah. bit of an idea, okay? Dude, if anybody knows Brooklyn or anybody, re, anybody remembers Diplomat Bowl, the place literally my mom would pull up in front of the bowling center and be like, go right straight in uh, like the bowling center. Don't go anywhere. Like it was like in a really bad area in Brooklyn, but the bowling center was impossible, right? So like, it, what like that is at least a, that's a thirty pin fluctuation in average. When in Maple, two twenty is is pretty pretty easy is on a house shot, a fresh house shot, and Diplomat didn't even like oil. They probably oiled and stripped once a week. Like so, I mean, yeah, unbelievable. I, I yeah, so I, I mean, I was like blown away when i heard this yesterday but i gotta say it's not surprising because i told i've said to people you know and they're on this show before that the 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 level of coaching that's going on out there at the high school level generally is just atrocious i mean it's people who make decisions that aren't even in the best interests of the players or the sport or the game you know and i i think this was a pretty vivid example of it and that's why i decided Mike, to bring it here but well compare compare that because if you were to compare a, another sport to doing that and i'm not going to say baseball football because that's that's the apples and bananas 
golf to me would be the most the, the best comparison, right? That's because you, what if your golf, you, you know, you can't play two different courses and expect to compare those scores, right? Like courses are different, right? I mean, like bowling centers are different, and I don't think and like people would a would a high that. school would a high school golf coach even suggest that. No, because no, because they value the, it. They know what they knew. They, they value they the game too much, and that's the point. And like Rob, the USBC sanctions this nonsense. You so know. the USBC sanctioned it. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a USBC sanctioned high school league. It's a league that that at least when I participated in it and coached in it, it was it was through the USBC. You know, the NJSIA, so the New Jersey sanctioned body of high school sports, sanctions this nonsense. I mean, so, this here, is so just, here's my question: You, you want to know why bowling is where it is? This is part of it. So here's my question: Are they are the teams bowling at the same time, and are they watching each other bowl through like a Zoom or Skype or something? Who knows? Because I mean, how crazy would that be if like you right. watch the other team throw the ball to the two board and it strikes and, <laughs> and you throw it to the two board and you like pick three off the right. You know what I right. mean? Like, could you imagine how I would be so beside myself, right? Like, and these poor kids, let's talk about the kids because the kids are more knowledgeable than the parents and the, the coaches are, right? These poor kids are sitting going, what the hell are you guys doing to me? We're working hard. We're trying to get better and we're trying to win a, a state championship, and now I'm going to sit there with an asterisk on our state championship if we win because we bowl in the easiest center in the state. And don't worry, you don't think the New Jersey bowlers know that? These kids know that? When I was in high school, we knew the easiest centers in the state. When I was bowling JBTs and I would go to this bowling center, I knew the scores were going to be super high. You go to uh, Milford Bowl in Connecticut, forget it. I'd average 240 there with no problems. You go to Brooklyn, Gil Hodges Lanes, you couldn't average 190 there in high school. So you have two high school teams bowling in two different centers. It's ridiculous, Mike. And you're right. I am fired up about it. Um, I knew you would out. be. I know I know my people. I knew that would get you. Dude, oh, by the way, um, I tried to get Mushter on the show, and I had some communication with him, but uh, I have to get back with him. So that would be it's a my, catch. It's I, my guy, Ryan Walsh. It's my guy. I need to get Mushter even on though, the show. Even though he ducks out on bowling the sport league. Even though he ducks oh, out on bowling, oh, he's oh my god! Wow, shots fired. Even shots though, fired. even though when he does bowl the sport league, he doesn't wear a shirt that's big enough to cover his ass crack, which is a, a you know a general <laughs> problem I have with no, him. No crack kills, Mike. You know good, that crack. Kills, good guy though. Good guy. Just need to get him a longer shirt. It's all crack. All kills. right, so uh, Rob, let's give the people what they came for, please. And if you like the segment and you want the rosin bag, we got you. We got you. Look at that. You love you worst of the week. One. You love worst of the week. Hit us That's up. Made Lindy's bags. Too. Ten bucks. <laughs> Lindy's bags. We got you. Look, yo, how yo, Mike. That high school bowling conference could be worst of the week. It, it probably is going to be worst it of the should week. Be. It should be worst of the week. It should be worst um, of the year. So, Mike, I'm going to go first because I have to share a picture. Huh. Okay. I'm going to share my screen here. So, What is it, my bio picture I sent you? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's worst of the week. Oh, whoa, what's that? Is that a chip in the ball? No, oh, let, me, let, me, let me get it bigger here. Let me see if I can zoom in. Is that a self-plug job? Yeah, it's... <laughs> is that what it is? 
No, it's like somebody took like the hole and they just covered it up with black bowler's tape. So instead of plugging the extra hole to make it legal, they literally took black bowler's tape, Mike, and they look, they put it on the hole to make sure that it's so does that count? Is it does that mean that there's is that legal now? So because you know the extra hole rule and all that stuff. So someone was too cheap to literally plug the hole and they literally took black tape and they put it over the hole. I can't get enough of that. Dude, I, so worst of the week, I think they, I don't even know who posted it. It got sent to me. Uh, and they were like, yo, you got to check this out. Like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen, Mike. So worst of the week goes to whoever posted this, whoever it is. But it's fantastic. Anyway, I, I'm trying to zoom in on this. I think it's too good. Um, but I don't know. I can't figure it out. For somebody who's technology, technology inclined, I can't figure shit out like this. But anyway. Mike, <sighs> Rob, I have I have so many options here this week. We take a week off, and it becomes like impossible to choose uh, what I want. Oh, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet uh, of, of uh, all you can. It's like an all-you-can-eat uh, buffet of terrible stuff going online. <laughs> Dude, like if people, like, oh I love the comments goodness. here. Sherry White, good to see you laughing out loud. No limit, too stupid. Oh wait, Clint Harris. No, they didn't do that to a high road. <laughs> Yes, they did. Jimmy, Jimmy, no one's going to know. Yeah, hey, like it, 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 the black tape, you know, maybe if you would have got some color blue swirl and mix it up with the tape. Oh, my God. Flex seal. Yeah, it, it, I think it was electrical tape. Um, dude, this is awesome. Dude, the comments are going crazy right now. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to go with this one just, just simply because of the tone of this post. It's not it's not, like if the subject matter of this post is true then then kudos to whoever this dude is but it, it it's the tone of the of 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 this post okay, that so really that pushed it out front and made it worst of the week for me all right so my worst of the week this week goes to a gentleman named Gavin Whiting Gavin congrats. Whiting this is congrats, congrats. Gavin. this is from the Hammer Bowling uh Facebook page okay here's getting, his uh, post he should get a rosin bag for nine ninety nine. We should. Gavin, reach everybody out who wins worst of the week needs to buy a rosin bag. They have to pay double though. It's twenty. Twenty. It's twenty for them. If you get if you win worst of the week and you want a rosin bag, it's double the cost. Just because yeah, you nineteen ninety nine. All right, just ahead, just a little FYI. Hammer would not be where it is today if it weren't for my father, Ken Whiting. He is the original person to expand Fayball and Hammer to Utah. Storm would not be who they are today either if one of the original investors hadn't taken the Hammer technology and went to work at Storm. I was 14 when I shot my first 300 with a black hammer, which was made in 1982, and I still have it today and still use it. I set all kinds of state records for Utah at the time. I believe Hammer is the greatest ball ever developed. You are all welcome. Can we? Hey, can you? Can we? We need to reach out to this guy. We need to get him on. Right. I would love to talk to him. Right. I mean, I know. see, that's what I'm saying. It's worse. Don't to we the want week. to thank him. It's worse to the well. Of course. See, that's why I made it worse because we all have to thank him. It's worse to the week. But <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy says you you ain't shit without my daddy, son. I feel you, Jimmy. That's basically what he's saying. 
like he's saying, Hammer, Storm. I mean, I'd love to hear this story if it's true, though, Rob. Right? Dudes, we should be bowing. We should be bowing to all the state records. And because of, but he's now, I could be wrong here. Like, I, I, and I don't know the history, but was Hammer in Utah at one time? I don't, I didn't think so. Because Fabe, I mean, if anybody put Fable on the on the map, it, to me would have been Mo Pinnell, right? Yeah, I mean Blue Hat. Like I don't know the history of, thing, too much of like. Thing. Like once you had me right, we yeah we, we did an interview Mo. with Mo Pinnell about the creation yeah. of that ball, even though even though he, even though he wanted to talk more about the sumo, right? He felt he loved the sumo. sumo. He, he felt that the, the sumo. sumo was a much more revolutionary ball than the 3D offset, which I found was, just crazy to even think was about. Wasn't the first urethane, was that the first urethane, the flare, the sumo? I think that's why he talks about it, more yeah. that being a revolutionary. But this might, Whiting guy, I mean, I, we don't know a whole lot about it. I mean, he might be, maybe, you know, the, the hidden founding father of bowling. You know, maybe well, he invented bowling. We'll reach out. We'll reach out. Maybe All he's right, great, Rob. great. Great, great granddaddy invented bowling back in like my grandpappy. Was in- my <laughs> grandpappy. We need to get him on. All right, let's hit it. Rosin bag. Ryan Walsh, put you down for two rosin bags. Got you, buddy. No problem. 20 bucks next time I see you. Actually, 19 for you. You get the discount. 19 bucks for the two rosin bags. Got you, buddy. Rob, final thoughts here. I have so much. Can I just go? Can I just go, go off and final thoughts? All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kyle Troop. Kyle Troop and Shannon O'Keefe at the Macy's Day Parade. Oh, it's cool. Awesome. It's cool. I'm glad they get their shine, especially Kyle. That's cool. But can I say something? Why does it matter that we're that there's a bowling float in the Macy's Day Parade? Does it change anything? Do do the people in power in bowling think, oh, having a having a Macy's Day Parade float will get people out bowling? I don't know. I don't get it. It's cool. I just don't get it. Uh, again, with Kyle Troop. Kyle Troop lost an action match this weekend to a, a, an amateur on a house pattern. So I have a plea. I ha- I know I know you see the way you're looking you see the way you're shaking your head exactly no. exactly it's Rob doesn't matter it's a house shot okay so here's my plea PBA I could be Kyle Troop PBA bowl if you're gonna give guys a shot at you okay, don't do it on the house shot don't do it on a house shot please stop doing it on the house shot please at least at least up it a little bit to something where you know maybe it's not a PBA pattern but at least something where a, a, a decent shot has to be thrown to strike. I mean, I know, I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, Kyle Troop is a man of the people. Shout to you, Kyle Troop, for being out there bowling, doing your thing, being a man of the people. But I don't know if I like seeing the best bowler in the world, current best bowler in the world, lose an action match to a guy on house. That's all I'm saying. As a, as a fan of professional bowling, Rob, Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year ballots came out player of the year is a lock it's kyle troop congratulations i mean if he doesn't get it it's uh there's some kind of fraud going on uh rookie of the year rob i mean did you take a look at the list or no anybody that comes to mind i i gotta do my homework i don't want to make any uh opinions on it if okay uh, I, i haven't really looked at the stats or numbers yet so next week maybe we'll talk a little bit about rookie of the year and see come up maybe when is the voting when are the results in for that 
You know, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure, to be honest with you. Pete, who's still uh, checking out the show, we appreciate it. That's the problem with our sport. We need to stop bowling, bowling bowlers on that condition. Yeah, because it, it definitely gives now people they think they could bowl with the best in the world when we all know they can't. It gives them it gives them a chance. Mike, to be fair, if someone like me bowled on a house shot against one of the best in the world, I, I if I had a look and I was able to carry. And that person I was bowling with, a pro, was having carry struggles. I would be able to get a few games from one from the best in the world, no doubt in my mind. So it's just a matter of like, it's not really so much of skill. It's a matter of like just matching up on the shot, right? Like your your ball, your 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 hand position. I don't know. It's if I bowl Kyle Troop on any other than a house shot, I'm gonna have no chance. You uh, know what I mean. Yeah, Rob, on the rookie of the year thing, real quick. You, you basically got Weedman, Zach Weedman. The we- right? the Weedman. The Weedman. I, don't need, I don't need anybody else. The Weedman's my That's guy. That's your guy? That's the, your guy? No, he's the, he's the you Weedman. Got, you got Big Red. You got Big Red making the 710 going viral. Okay. Does that mean he should be rookie of the year, though? No. I mean, if Coley's choosing, maybe that's the rookie of the year. <laughs> you got uh, you got Wesley Lowe. You got Dio Bernard. Okay. The young guy making some noise. Here's my guy, though. Here's my winner, and I agree with Jimmy in the chat. It's uh, it's Matt Russo. He's the only guy to win a title on this list. It's Matt Russo, clearly. Uh, that that's almost as clear as uh, as as uh, the the player of the year is. You know, Matt Russo, Jersey guy, Jersey high school bowler. So shout to him. Uh, would love to see him win rookie of the year. So that's my guy there. Uh, Rob, hundred percent, Sherry. That's pretty much our point. The pros have a disadvantage in a house shot because it's too easy. Yeah, yeah please um, it stop, takes, stop. It takes away their skill. It takes away all of the practice and everything they work on adjustments, and it's just it, the we need we need to talk to Kyle. We need to, I, I need to to message him and tell him never to do that ever again. I got to manage him now. I got to manage him. I got to take him under my wing. That's what I'm, I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll be looking forward to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet him and be like, "Hey, we talked on sweep the rack, and we came to the conclusion that I need to manage your career." You know, the well, parade is manage, all good, right? Maybe manage the action portion of his career. How's I mean, that? yo, if I was his manager, I would have put him on that parade, but you know, uh, in that float. But look, Jimmy had a, a good idea. The float actually should have been a Kyle Troop float, like the, the fro and like with a bowling ball and whatever, and like they could have been like sitting in his like front pocket of the like float. And like I don't know, like throwing out like rosin bags. They could have been throwing out soup to rock rosin bags. The crowd out of it, amazing. True. All right, Rob. Uh, good to be back. Good show. Uh, yes, and uh, we'll see everybody next week, man. Yeah, man. Peace out, everyone. Have a good week, and we will see you guys next Wednesday, eight Eastern, six Mountain time. Social media. Rob cut me off at social media no. <laughs> at the two one fifth at Brooklyn Rob eleven. Hit us up on there. Join the conversation on there. Sweep the racket Gmail. Hit us up with the uh, with the orders if you want to rise and bag. Hit us up. The re- it's the release is coming soon. I, it is. I promise you this release will be coming in the next few weeks on our website. It's going to be a big – oh, I'm going to make this a big, big, big deal. What, <laughs> yeah. What's your- Brian Rucker says, what night is your league, Mike? Take on someone virtual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I it's not frustrating enough with what I have going on. I need to bowl somebody virtually that's bowling on house. That would be great. So I, would love I that think part. what you should do is you should stream your league and let me li- and let me commentate 
while you're bowling league. Mm. I guarantee you it will be entertaining. I guarantee you it will be more entertaining me commentating your league than it would be actually watching, like, I don't know, flow bowling sometimes. Like, I, I would. I, I would have no issue with that whatsoever. Here's the problem. This is something that I've never really knocked on Bolero for. This will be the first time I put this out there, but I'm oh, the sure internet, people have- the Wi-Fi. Yeah, what what is it? Why is, is like is Bolero like the only place you go where the Wi-Fi doesn't work? And, and like no, how do they even run things if the Wi-Fi never works in these uh in, no, in these Bolero centers? Eventually it's gonna be like those airports where you have to pay for the Wi-Fi, like the Boingo hotspots. That's, That's what exactly it is. What they're gonna do. That's what I it know, is for sure. All right, Rob. Anyway, now you can cut me off. Take it easy, folks. Later. Later, guys. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.